Is vintage soccer your best card investment? Brett Oppenheim thinks so. We're gonna find out why in today's Sports Card Investor. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome back to the Oppenheim Group office here on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. You probably have seen this place before on the hit Netflix show, Selling Sunset. And Brett Oppenheim, along with his brother Jason, are the heads of this company and stars of the show. But Brett is also a massive card collector who has put in a ton of research into where he should invest in the sports card market. He's gone deep into the data and he's come out with some pretty powerful conclusions that we're gonna talk about today. So first of all, Brett, welcome to the show. Thank super, you. super thrilled for you to take this time to talk to us and talk to our audience today. I've, I've heard you say that sports card investor intro many times. But having you say it like two feet from me is pretty cool. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't give you nightmares at night. No, 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 I'm about, good. about half the audience tells me it gives them nightmares. And, no, it's you know, a classic intro, man. I appreciate it. Well, look, I'm really happy to talk to you. Um, we had the opportunity to catch up last week, mm -hmm. and you, uh, I, thought the, I thought the conversation was fascinating because you started telling me what you were investing in card-wise and why. And the why is what I thought was really fascinating because you put in a lot of homework uh, a lot of data crunching and came away with the determination that you thought soccer cards continue to be an excellent investment opportunity and in particular vintage soccer which right mm -hmm. now is a very small collecting community incredibly small it's estimated maybe six to seven hundred people in the world collect vintage soccer truly collect vintage soccer right so it's incredibly small incredibly small potentially with a lot of upside what you know i know you were a collector as a kid you got mm -hmm. back into this a couple of years ago during mm -hmm. the pandemic but why did you zoom in on soccer like what were your first thoughts around that one thing is i, I had been introduced to soccer because i i was in uh, europe in 2006 and i saw what the world cup meant to the rest of the world so i had been introduced to it and somewhat of a casual fan certainly of the united states men's national team and, and women's national team so casual fan i had it hadn't it wasn't completely um, you know, an unknown as it is to some people. But other than that, I'm kind of a, a data nerd, um, it, whether I'm buying real estate or I'm putting a significant amount of money into a, a collectible investment like this. I'm not gonna do it without doing some serious research and looking at some, a lot of data and collecting my own, you know, making some informed decisions, informed opinions. Right. So, so I, I, I dove deep into it. I can elaborate on that. Oh, well, we're going to elaborate on that. I mean, I'm sure everyone wants to hear about this. Well, so first of all, you know, soccer overall, it, it, it's, it's obviously a, a you know, massive sport globally. We know that. It's the largest sport globally by far. Of course. Yeah. Um, and so there's always that hope that maybe card collecting will become more popular in Europe and, and mm -hmm. South America and other parts of the world where soccer mm -hmm. is king. There's, there's two ways in which soccer can get much more popular. Yeah. Or, or I shouldn't say soccer, sports, uh, soccer cards. Yeah. One is uh, international uh, collectors, yeah. which is a, just a massive possibility, especially with fanatics, absolutely massive. I mean, the, the, the list of, of ways that fanatics can market soccer is ridiculous. For example, everyone, they have, what, 80 million? I think you told me there's an 80 million person database. 80 million person database, and they est estimate only around 2 million card, you know, people bought or sold cards in, over in the, the course of the year? last year. Yeah. So, so that, that's actually great yeah. for all, all cards. I mean, I think they should f be able to 5X that pretty easily. But you've got to imagine that 50% of that is, is, maybe 30 to 50% of that is probably soccer. Mm -hmm. And only one hundredth of 1% of cards collectors are soccer. 
So if they, let's say, market across their, all their sports uh, fans, if they 5x the entire you know, amount of, of collectors, 30 to 50% of that is going to be soccer guys. It's going to be people ordering Pulisic jerseys or Cristiano Ronaldo jerseys or Messi jerseys from, from Spain or from England. And if those guys get introduced to soccer cards, you know, if, if Fanatic slips in a little cheap pack into that jersey or they email them saying, hey, are you interested in, in buying soccer cards? Are you interested in entering this break? Yep. They're going to introduce it to millions of soccer fans in Europe most, or, or South America. Yep. So there's that opportunity. And then I think soccer in America is has a lot to grow with the World Cup in 2022, and especially I don't know if, if everyone knows we're hosting the World Cup in 2026. Yep. So that's that's the first that's time since massive. what 94. That's going to yep. be massive, massive for soccer cards. And we were looking at a at a Gallup study where they do this survey, uh, you know, every few years, and they've done this historically going back 50 plus years, where they yeah. ask Americans what their favorite sport is. Yeah. And you were showing you were showing me the data from the most recent survey and how soccer soccer has gone from like two percent to seven percent. That's I believe. exactly what it was. Yeah, in ten years. In ten years, yeah. and it, it's on baseball, this it's, it's on this big upwards trajectory. Baseball is trending downward yep. significantly. Basketball and football are holding steady. Football and was even slightly down, maybe off, slightly its, down. off its peaks. Yeah, yeah, maybe because of other concussion stuff. Maybe probably and football and 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 soccer is catching some. Soccer of that. is. Yeah. From two to seven percent. Yeah. It's going to pass baseball. It'll probably if it hasn't passed baseball already, because the last uh, poll taken by Gallup was 2017, it'll pass baseball in the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be the third. It's already passed hockey. So it's going to be the third most popular sport in America as far as at least this Gallup poll. And it trades at just a ridiculously small fraction to the other sports. Yeah. So that's that's you know, if you're just going to look at it from a macro perspective without going too deep into the data. That's a pretty good place to start. I also imagine soccer right now in America is capturing younger fans. I would it's guess the youngest uh, fan base. Yeah, I would guess sports. that the demographics, just based on the the friends who I know who are massive soccer nuts, and we have actually several of our employees at Sports Card Investor are really big soccer fans. Younger demo, it seems, which you know, from a standpoint of thinking about what an investment might do in 10 or 20 or 30 years, that's a really good demo to 100%. be focused on. That's a that's a good point. Yeah. In fact, the MLS rights. Uh, we're just sold to Apple for, I think, a quarter of a... No, it's $2.5 billion over 10 years, so a quarter billion a mm -hmm. year. And it's going to be the first sport in America on a streaming platform, which you can only do because the demographic of soccer fans is so young. Mm -hmm. You couldn't do that with baseball, no way. I, I certainly wouldn't imagine. So, yeah, the demographic of soccer fans is, is the youngest, and it's growing the most. So, I mean, just, just from a macro level... If you're looking at investing, those are, those are two powerful statistics. Yeah, those are powerful statistics. So we're both in agreement that soccer has a lot of growth potential, both in America <laughs> and soccer cards has a lot of growth potential mm -hmm. globally. Mm -hmm. um, but why? That doesn't necessarily mean that they're well priced today. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you should buy in today at, you know, the current price levels and everything like that. Sure, that, that, could, that could be factored in. It could be factored in. It happens to not be factored in. It happens but to it not be. be factored in, right? Yeah. At least according to all of your research that you've done on yeah. this, right? Yeah. And so what, so what was some of that when you got back into cards and you started doing that, that exhaustive research that you talked about? What, what started to highlight soccer to you in that research as, hey, these cards might be underpriced? Well, this is where we get a little bit into a deep dive in data, and I don't want to overwhelm people. So I think I'm just going to try to explain it in the abstract. But what I did is I needed a, <clears throat> I needed a way to cross-compare not only between players, not only between modern and vintage, but between players to see where the arbitrage is, to see where the, the deals are. But most importantly, between sports, because at this point, I, I said to myself, okay, if I'm going to drop a, you know, 
a decent amount of money into this. I want to make sure I'm doing it correctly. I need to have all the data. And I want to see where the value is. Is it in basketball? Is it in football? Is it in hockey? Is it in golf? Is it in F1? Is it in soccer? And is it in vintage or pre-modern or modern or ultra-modern? Where, you know, where the, where's the, uh, where should I put up basically all my money? And so I needed a, a way to compare all of that, which is really difficult. And I came up with a, an algorithm that I created for myself that I don't need to get into the, all the nitty-gritty on. But it essentially, you know, to, uh, to simplify it, is I wanted to figure out the price of the 100th best card of any player. Right? So let's say there's 200. I know there's three. Well, let's say there's, there's about 300 Michael Jordan PSA 10s. Yeah, a little right? over 300. So uh, 86 vintage, Fleer. Yeah, mm -hmm. and vintage is easy because there's typically one or two, hopefully just one rookie, real rookie card. Mm -hmm. And ultra modern is almost impossible. Yeah. Um, I did it with Mbappe just to get an idea of what, where the ultra modern pricing is, but I couldn't do it with everybody because it took me about 10 hours just to do Mbappe to figure out what his 100th best card was. Yeah, because there's so many different sets, so it's, many different parallels, right? Oh, man, so like brutal. how does the one of one yeah. from this set compare to the one out of five from this set compare to the one out of 10 from and, this and, set? And then, and, then, and then the grading. And then grading too influences, yeah, So like sure. is, a, is a PSA 9 out of nine, a PSA 10 out of 99 better than a PSA 10 out of, uh, or pardon me, is a, is a PSA 9 out of 25 right. better than a PSA 10 out of 99? Right, and, and, then, and when and you, you say his 100th best the, card, you don't mean mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, selects counts as one card and tops counts. No, you, I mean, you, I mean his hundred most valuable rookie. His hundred most, valu yeah. most valuable card. So it could be in the case of, of 86 Fleer Michael Jordan, that hundredth card <clears throat> is his 1986 Fleer PSA, PSA 10, 10 because there's about 300 in there's existence. Th there's 300. So, so if you go down I, to card number 100, I, that's going to be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. What I do is I, I take the average. Uh-huh. So the 150th best card of Michael Jordan, let's say it's trading at a quarter million right yep. now. Mm -hmm. yep. So the 150th best card is worth, because there's 300 tens, and you have to assume that it's the average of, the, uh, of a PSA 10. Whatever a PSA 10 is, the average PSA 10. You're not going to assume it's the 10th best PSA 10 out of 300 or the 290th best. Just assume it's the average, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, um, so a Michael Jordan rookie card is, uh, uh, let's say, uh, his 150th best rookie card is worth a quarter million dollars. Yep. So then you calculate, okay, what's his hundredth? And that's just a simple math equation. And his hundredth is probably worth somewhere around, I don't know, 300,000 mm -hmm. or something, because you've got to add about 33% or whatever it is, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So then you know what, so Michael Jordan is trading at 300,000 for his hundredth best card. What is LeBron James trading at? What is uh, Diego Maradona trading at? So I, I, I did that across all sports. And then I realized that certain sports were trading at incredibly high ratios compared to other sports. So you can... If you do that enough across sports and you do the top 20 players of each sport, then you can say, okay, soccer is trading at this compared to baseball, compared okay. to football, compared to basketball. So and by actually, looking at an equal card, yeah, from key rookies and key sports, an exactly. equal level of card, like the top you five can players, then make comparisons the, across like sports. Like the 20th player, the mm -hmm. 10th, but across all sports. Yep. And then you can really see, and I don't know how many people have done this, but you can really see how sports are selling compared to one another. Sure. Which is just a huge data point sure. if you're going to be investing in... And I would yeah. expect soccer to be lower than the other sports because yeah, it doesn't I'll, I'll have as... <laughs> yeah, I actually so, I was going to quiz you on, on where you think soccer versus F1 versus golf versus hockey versus basketball, baseball. And football. Oh, let's do this. Let's do the quiz. Okay, yeah. so obviously... And the would, audience should probably guess kind of on their yeah, own as you they like. should guess as, as I guess. I would guess soccer to be obviously lower in terms of multiple because, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't have as many fans or aren't as many collectors, but how much lower in terms of multiples is an interesting question. And I, I'm guessing that those multiples 
might be outrageously high comparing soccer to some of the other. But let's do this. So what's let's so all right? So let's do the data. Let's start with um, let's make let's make soccer the baseline. Okay. So soccer is so the say, baseline. Let's say that's a, a one. Okay. So where's hockey? Hockey compared to soccer. So the average hockey card value. So the, the average hockey card value of a key rookie, his hundredth card, compared to the average soccer of, card of equivalent value. players. Equivalent yeah. players. Yeah, exactly. Equivalent players. Yeah. So for hockey, we'll do Gretzky versus Messi. Right. And then and then the fifth best player, like Messier versus Maradona. You know. Right. On and on. Okay. And you take the aggregate of that and you compare the pricing. All right. So hockey has a big collector group in Canada. Very passionate. Has been collecting hockey cards for many years. You see really high sales of key cards like Gretzky and Bobby Orr. So I definitely think hockey's higher than soccer. I'm going to say, but you know, in terms of in terms of the number of people watching them and everything in the U.S., it's actually you know pretty equal. Or soccer is actually just past hockey, but hockey's been it's, it's much more equal. I, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to say hockey's uh, three to four x soccer. We'll see what the audience think. What do you think hockey is compared to soccer in terms of comparison of card prices? I'm going three to four x. That's a pretty good guess, and I would imagine your level of sophistication and your guesses is going to be a lot better than most collectors and investors in sports cards. But it's about, according to my dad, about eight x. Wow. Okay. So that so hockey actually is a, a, is quite a bit higher than soccer. Eight x. Yeah. Okay. And and if you look at the other data, for example, um, the the NHL media rights mm -hmm. is about equivalent to all of the soccer media rights, MLS plus La Liga plus Premier League, in the U.S. So they're about equivalent. Yeah. As far as the Gallup poll on, on where people um, say that their favorite sport to watch is, I think soccer is now higher than, than hockey. Okay. And of course, the ability for soccer to card collecting to yeah. grow internationally compared to hockey is 100x. Yeah. So you take all that into consideration, and then you realize that hockey cards are trading at eight times the value of soccer. You're not going to probably, unless if you really love hockey, but if you're looking at it objectively, you're probably not going to put your money in in hockey before you do soccer. Interesting. At least that's where the conclusion yeah. I came to. Sure. So now let's do um, golf. Okay. Want to go through all the sports or? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Let's right. do it. We'll have the audience guess alongside me. So, uh, oh, here's, there's, there's, there's Brad. Brad. Can you grab the door, Charles? Yeah. What's up, Brad? What's up? Come say hi. Come say hi, bro. We're, what's up, man? We're filming. Jump in and say what's up. I actually met Brad at Starbucks across yeah. the street. I recognized him from his, from his channel. Look at that. So yeah. the, the, net, the, net, over me. <laughs> the Netflix star recognizes the uh, sports yeah. card uh, content creator, huh? And then I also learned that Brett's condo overlooks that Starbucks. So there's a binoculars, like set of binoculars there. Yeah, so I just, I just creep on Brad. When, yeah, it's like, there, he's going. I got to <laughs> go down and ask him about cards. There so. you go. Very cool. Good, good to see you, bro. Yeah, you too. All right, so we, 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 we just Let, had Let's a, have Brad guess. Yeah, we just had a special guest, Brad, the comeback card investor, uh, join us here. So, uh, so Brad, you can, you can join in on this as well. We, uh, we talked about some of this the other day, but we're, we're, we're doing the quiz in terms of the ratios, and we're having the audience guess as well. You know, the, the, oh, the oh okay, sport. okay. So, yeah, the super analytical yeah. Uh, data you put together. Yeah. Okay, so uh, right, where are you guys at? Let's, let's, get, let's get, get that mic packed down on you. Okay, sweet. Yeah, I'll are you going to need to pop on the other camera then? Okay, so let's do golf. So the, I mean, the, there's not, not all of these are going to necessarily shock you. Yeah. There's so few, there's so few golf cards just in general. There's obviously a couple of really big Tiger Woods cards outside of that. There's not there's a some, lot of, big well, golf and I did a lot cards. of, I did a lot of vintage. In fact, I did mostly vintage in okay. my analysis. I should disclose that. Although I have noticed that ultra modern and modern trade at similar ratios to vintage across all sports. So most of this data is also, um, 
also works with, with modern and ultra-modern. But most of my analysis was vintage because it's so much easier to create, to get the data. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't fluctuate I, as much. I mean, I would either. think golf is, I would think golf would actually be less than soccer. I would put golf below soccer, mm. but if soccer is a 1x baseline, I'd say golf is no more than 1x. So it's no more than mm. equal to soccer, probably less. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you hear more about soccer cards than sure. golf cards. I mean, yeah. so. You see I, soccer cards you, more often out there. Right. So even though, like, throwing the sports side or the sports size out of the equation, like hockey is you know way bigger than soccer in terms of the collector side. I don't hear much about you know golf period in terms of cards. Right. You guys so, are both right. It's it's pretty equivalent. Pre yeah. yeah, pretty. Equivalent and there's not so much data in golf as you right. said. So my my best guess is it's, it's pretty equivalent. Okay. Let's do F1. We'll start with, with <laughs> Zelda. We'll start with the <laughs> with the smaller sports and then we'll go to the, the big nasty. boys. So. Um, yeah, we'll so do F1. F1. We're going to do F1? Yeah. yeah. Um, so F1 really obviously came on the scene more so recently. But let me do a, a uh, small you, caveat. I, I apologize. This is mostly vintage F1. Okay. Some of the ultra-modern F1, this is one of the sports where the, the pricing in ultra-modern has gotten out of whack compared mm -hmm. to vintage F1. So it's more vintage F1 okay. versus vintage I mean, I, Okay. Soccer. Well, vintage F1 versus vintage soccer, I mean, neither are, are, are huge markets compared to other sports. Um, I would put, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'd put, I'd put F1 around a 1X soccer as well. It's the same size, yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, vintage F1? Michael I, Schumacher all the way down. See, that's the only name I've Say ever no. heard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would have to say vintage, vintage soccer or the cards that you're looking at in using this for. I would say the soccer, and you're saying that's the baseline. Soccer, yeah. so it can't be less. So as in F1 can't be no, less can be than less. soccer. Oh, okay. I'm just giving soccer a one so we can compare okay. everything to Okay, it. I mean, my guess would be vintage Formula One would be even less than soccer. So like half of soccer? Yeah. yeah. It's half. also pretty equivalent. Pretty equivalent. Yeah, so golf, F1, and soccer. And, and again, there's not incredible amount of data in vintage F1 and vintage golf, but it seems to be pretty equivalent to vintage soccer. Okay. Now, the only sport where I see a huge dichotomy between pricing and ultra modern, modern and vintage is F1. Okay. And that's because of the Netflix series and because of the 2020 Top yeah. Chrome just coming out. And mm -hmm. I think that is a little bit of an issue with, with ultra modern. I would kind of warn ultra modern F1 collectors because if you can get a Michael Schumacher PSA 10, of which there's only 100, for $1,000, and he's got the seven F1 titles, so does, so does uh, Lewis Hamilton. And Lewis Hamilton just sold for a million. Granted, it was a one of one, but you know the 50th best Michael Schumacher is going to trade for like a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks, and the 50th best Lewis Hamilton is going to be like twenty thousand dollars. That doesn't make sense at all. Mm -hmm. And I, all, I, I, I've seen that all of ultra modern has a bit of a problem with those ratios, mm -hmm. but F1 in particular. Interesting. Just, just a quick warning, to, in my opinion, to uh, any time that 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 uh, that sports cards are just introduced yeah. to a sport mm -hmm. yeah. like F1. There's just going to be a massive bubble for a yeah. little while, for a, yeah. few, for a few years. We've seen it. We've seen yeah. it. Yeah, we've yeah. seen it time and time again. Yeah. But, but so, okay, so they're all about one. Now let's go to the big boys. Okay. Let's go to um, football. Okay. So, I mean, I would think... And I'm going to uh, remind Okay, so since we're doing comparisons of, of vintage cards... Don't look at this. Football, football is going to be lower than baseball or basketball since we're talking about vintage cards. It's mostly vintage, but again, in, in all sports, probably except for F1, they're pretty, the ratios stay pretty much the same. So okay. the ratio between vintage soccer and vintage football is going to be pretty similar between yeah. modern soccer and modern football. 
But it is going to be it is going to be significantly more. Football is going to be significantly mm-hmm. more. I mean, you got tons of people chasing the '86 Jerry Rice or the you know Walter Payton rookie or mm-hmm. or going back older than that Jim, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Yeah, Jim all Brown. those all those types of cards are super popular. Can, can pop off for tons of money. Um, so I'm going to say football is uh, 16 to 18 x. I'm going to say it's 16 to 18 x soccer. What do you think, Brad? I'll go 20x. Okay. Okay, these are good guesses. 15. 15, okay. 15x. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, in football, I went all the way up to like 1988 or something okay. like that. Because, so you got a lot of those key Yeah, because there's only cards. one yeah. Jerry Rice record, so it's pretty right. easy to get that data. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So 15x so, soccer. Okay, which, you know, from a fan, like, you know, support in the U.S., at this moment makes some sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, football is the number one watch sport in the U.S. For the cards to be trading at 15x... Does it, does it surprise you? It makes sense only... to me in the U.S. Now, yeah. internationally, obviously, a completely different story. Yeah, it's not, I wouldn't say that's shocking in the U.S., yeah. I agree. But is it, it's a little bit odd to me that it's only twice hockey. Because remember, soccer's a one, that's hockey's true. an eight, football's a 15, so it's really only twice hockey. Yeah. yeah. So and that's, hockey surprises me in the and strength. The, the, the collector base in Canada is so passionate about hockey cards. That must be what there's it is. So many, it, there's yeah. so many longtime collectors in Canada of hockey cards. You know, the, the thing that I always think about is the rise of fantasy football and uh-huh. how people love to get into that and that game, that gambling aspect as well, and how I see that as an opportunity for football to really go up even higher if it's only 2x hockey because if the the base the collector base in Canada or North America is so dedicated to hockey and they're they're so passionate what would it take for that level of interest uh, to reach football and these other sports because if you have a collector base that's that passionate about football with the size of the sport compared to hockey then it should be 50x yeah should be 50x hockey yeah. That's fair. Well, you know, I would think it'd be more than 2x hockey. That's yeah, sure. 2x hockey, surprise, I'm surprised it's yeah. not a little more. But, but so, right, so, 15 so football, X, uh, 15, football's 15. Okay. So remember, let's remember soccer's the baseline of one, okay. so football's at, traded at 15x. Let's do basketball. So basketball's going to be a little more. I don't think it's going to be as much as baseball, because vintage baseball you know, gets you know, all the attention mm-hmm. with the, you know, mm-hmm. Aaron's and Mantles and Mays and Babe so, Ruth's so and all those guys, in, in right? Baseball. So. But basketball has certainly uh, gotten a lot more attention vintage-wise in the last few years. Uh, there are a lot of vintage basketball collectors. It's probably a little more than football. I'm going to say basketball, vintage basketball is 20 to 25x. If football's 15, I'll go 20 to 25 for basketball. Okay. I'll go 40. Okay, so you think it's more. Mm-hmm. What do you, actually, by the way, what do you guys think out there? What do you think? I actually would have thought... I kind of would have agreed with Brad just because there's so much hype around yeah. basketball. Modern basketball, for yeah, sure. But I would have for thought sure. that that would have equated okay. to, to vintage. Okay. It really didn't. It's 25X. Okay. Mm. So pretty, long, pretty much along the lines of what you okay. guessed. It actually was lower. In fact, when I did all my analysis, I thought that vintage soccer was the, the best investment followed by vintage basketball. Interesting. But since then, vintage, ba- because like a Wilt Chamberlain rookie was so inexpensive yeah. compared to yeah. LeBron James or Michael Jordan or, or anyone for that yeah. matter. Um, and so much more. But, right? but it's gone. But vintage basketball has, has gone up a decent amount. It has. I did my analysis quite a while ago. So, okay. Um, so the so, ratio so, could actually be higher today. Well, no, I've kept it pretty updated. Okay. It's okay. still around twenty five. At, okay. at that time, I just remember it being surprisingly low. Okay. <clears throat> so right. yeah. So your guess was pretty good. Twenty five x soccer, mm-hmm. which is about three x hockey and about almost twice football mm-hmm. to give it all comparison. Let's do baseball, which, like you said, is the big daddy of, of where all the money goes in vintage. 
In all of yeah. cards, actually. Baseball's definitely <clears throat> going to be a lot more. Which is more. ironic, because it's a dwindling sport as far as, as far as fan base in America. So it's a little bit ironic that that's where all the money goes in, mm -hmm. in cards. And you have to ask yourself, is that going to be... 20 years from now? Are people going to be that's caring a about fair, Hank Aaron more than Will Chamberlain? I don't know. It's a fair question. I, yeah. And what, do you think, what do you think I, about that? I mean, I don't care to have a Mickey Mantle or a Honus Wagner or a Babe Ruth because even though they're iconic cards in the hobby, it means nothing to me. Mm -hmm. So if And how old are you? I'm 35. I think, and you're 40? You're 44. 43. I'm, I'm 45. I think our generation yeah. is the last generation to care a lot about vintage baseball. Yeah. My bro throws some money into vintage baseball. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind having a, a Mickey Mantle, but... I think our kids, I mean, yeah. your, your kids, are they into baseball? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, so this, they, this, this, this would be my they, concern, they, dropping a bunch they, of money into they're, baseball. They're right? into soccer, and they're into football. Yeah. And, I think, and, I think and basketball, they like basketball soccer, too. Football and basketball, soccer, football, and basketball. But, but primarily I would think soccer and basketball yeah. are, the, are, are where I would put my money yeah. as far as in, potential international growth and the, and the younger generation. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that's fair. And you've got to think long term. So, some of those cards will, I think, forever have a lot of value because they'll be looked at as historical artifacts. Like I think mm -hmm. the 52 Mantle, 200 years from now, people will still want that car because it's a historical artifact the same Agreed. way that they want a Ben Franklin signature today. But, However, but do they need a PSA 8 Sandy Koufax? Yeah, well that's the thing, Ryan it's the PSA next 9. level down. Yeah, it's your, your Carl Yastrzemski or your Warren Spahn. Ricky or, Henderson for $150,000. Well, yeah, Ricky Henderson won't make any sense at all in 100 years uh, or 200 years, it won't, right? So, I mean, that's a great point, you know? So it's, That would be it's, my concern in baseball more than, well, let's, so let's do the ratio. Guess, okay. guess the ratio of baseball versus 40. Versus I'll soccer. go 40. Okay. Uh, yeah, based on just the few cards that are worth so much right now in vintage baseball, I'd go 50. Yep. It's 75. Oh, wow. Vintage wow, baseball 75. trades at 75 times vintage soccer, three times basketball, and about five times football. Wow. And about 10 times, nine, nine times wow. hockey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit unnerving if all your money, in my opinion, is in baseball. Is it gonna be 75 times soccer? in 20 years mm. and a lot of people are thinking well who gives a shit about 20 years i'm gonna sell my cards in 18 months but if someone came to me and said uh you know i'm looking for a house yeah. i don't care what it's worth in 20 years that, that would that would concern me sure. because people are eventually going to figure out what's what they're going to value the 20-year play in a year mm -hmm. right so eventually everyone's going to catch on to this and it's going to affect the value immediately mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to hold an asset that's not going to be worth anything in, in 20 years thinking that no one's going to figure that out, that's mm. not a great investment play. Yeah. So I would be very concerned about baseball collecting, uh, baseball card collecting. You, you know, another aspect long, long term. in terms of the growth of the sport too, I never grew up watching baseball. And the only people I know that watch baseball, their parents played or watched, mm -hmm. and then that was something they shared with their parents. And so yeah. they got into it. And I believe now with the growth of soccer here in the US, there's gonna be a generation of people that are watching soccer now, or their parents did last 10 years, and now they're entering watching soccer on their own and being a fan the same way that the, the father and the mother were watching football, or excuse me, soccer with them as yeah. a kid. Yeah. But before, you didn't really have that here in America where you had your parents that watched it and introduced Soccer, you to it. None of that. Yeah. So you had yeah. that with baseball, you had that with football for sure. Basketball, yeah, I'm sure. But soccer is a sport where it might just take an extra, you know, couple of years before the kids become really excited because they used to watch it with their parents or, or they're now parents themselves and they get to introduce it to their children. Or the World Cup introduces it to them. Yeah. I mean, you saw the graph, soccer was non-existent mm -hmm. on that 
Gallup poll. Yeah. Ten years ago, back to, 20 yeah, years it was, ago. It was almost not even there. It basically didn't exist. Correct. It was like volleyball. Correct. You know, which I actually love volleyball. But, <laughs> you know, it's just non-existent as far as a, yeah. um, on people's radar to yeah. watch. So, uh, yeah, so just to recap, we got soccer at one along with basically golf and F1. Then you have hockey at eight, football at about 15. And by 15, I mean it trades at 15 times soccer. Soccer is the baseline of one. Football is at 25 and baseball is about 75. So basketball is at 25. Sorry, basketball is yeah. at 25. Baseball's, uh, baseball's at, at 75. 75. Incredible. So if you, if you had all that data, you know, where would you, and, and you see the trend lines and the Gallup sure. polls and everything, you know, the, where would you put your money? I mean, that's, that's the question. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you have to be weary about the ones that are trading at multiples, especially with sports that may be declining, right? So, I yeah. mean, I think based on that data, baseball's out, you know, in mm -hmm. terms of vintage baseball investment. Um, I think that you know, maybe there's still some opportunity in basketball. I still think there's some opportunity at football in 15X mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But I, I completely get soccer because if you say out of all of those that you just mentioned and you're keeping the ratios in mind, which of those has is the combination of highest potential growth mm -hmm. over the next 10 to 20 years of collectors combined with um, where it is today and the price ratios. I mean, and, soccer, and combined absolutely. With, combined with the Fanatics fan database. Yeah. yeah. And soccer absolutely stands out amongst yeah, that man. whole group as like, wow, that, that makes a ton of sense. And then vintage soccer even more mm -hmm. because it's just a, such a small buyer pool. So just from a data perspective, and I know a lot of people collect what they love. And here's another thing that I want to take issue with. The whole collecting that you, what you love theory. It sounds nice, but it's, if someone came to me as a real estate agent, and I'm their real estate agent, and they're my buyer, and they said, I want to start collecting homes next to railroad tracks because I just love homes next to railroad <laughs> tracks. I wouldn't be like, cool, collect what you love. Buy what you love. Right. I would not let them do it. I'd be like, no, that's stupid. Right. I don't <laughs> care what you love. That's stupid. And I'm well, if you're looking you at it for investment, right? Like some, yeah, people, but, but some, everyone, people, some people collect without thinking about the money. Look, you know, I, but, I but own... Does, how many people do not give a shit about money? There, you know, well, there's, there's a fair amount of... Like I own, the, I own the, the, you know, maybe the world's largest Tim Tebow collection of, of cards. And I, I promise That's you, awesome. I promise That's you, awesome. but I am much, not but doing how much that for money. And but, I'm also, but I'm also... Lonzo, Lonzo Ball as well. No, I'm not. No, I'm not Lonzo Ball still or no? I, I, sadly, yes. He has more of a future. He has more of a future. Sadly, I own a lot of Lonzo Ball. I would rather own Lonzo Ball than Tim Tebow. But, uh, and that's fine. But, drop, drop a few grand, in, whatever it is. Right. But, but, but I mean, right. we're talking about but people it, that are putting a decent amount of their yeah. net worth into collectibles. Yeah. Don't just collect what you love. Mm -hmm. Collect what is a good investment that you that also brings you happiness. Sure. There has to be a balance. Yeah. You know? well, there's the discretionary income for ripping wax, which to me is the same as collecting what you love. Mm -hmm. But that's out of that bucket. That's out yeah, of that, the, that that account. But not the don't rip wax with money that you care about. Mm -hmm. You know, right. I mean, I rip wax for, for fun. But Jesus, that's not a good investment. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so I, I take issue with the fundamental premise of collecting what you love, unless if it's just such a such an insignificant amount of your yeah. net worth that fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're putting five ten percent of your net worth into collectibles, don't just collect what you love. Collect what makes sense and brings you happiness. Mm -hmm. There's that balance. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And for you, that's vintage soccer. Yeah, I happen to like soccer. So if you hate soccer, don't fine. Don't collect vintage soccer. Mm -hmm. But um, but if you know if it, if it interests you and you want to make a good investment and collect what you like or love. I would, I would suggest it. Yeah. Mm. Cool. What do you think? Are you going to get into vintage soccer, Brad? Not at all, because <laughs> I don't like it at all. However, one thing that popped in my mind was UFC is not on there. And there's actually some cards of some of the earlier fighters that I go, you know what? I wonder if vintage, you know, which could be 1993 right. UFC, 
Interesting. will have a future because sure. UFC is, has blown up. It's international. Yeah. Fanatics, if they get into UFC and they want to blow it up, well, hey, what about Chuck Liddell? What about Tito Ortiz? I, I'm what about with, Ken with Chuck Liddell. That's I saw that, Mike party, man. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. right, yeah. That, that's like, probably not a bad play. And I, I think Vintage F1 is an interesting yeah. play. Mm -hmm. I would pick up Michael Schumacher's all day long. Yeah. Um, and Maybe I think, tennis? Tennis? I, don't, I think tennis, tennis is more fun than baseball. International sport. Yeah, tennis isn't bad. I think. Um, and then they're Netflix doing the documentary. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, to a degree, golf. I mean, it's it's down there with soccer, but now you've got you know. With, it's so they're, dominated they're, by Tiger Woods. Though. It is. You're After right. Tiger Woods, it's it not falls much of a off hobby. quickly. It falls yeah. off quickly. It really um, does. And he yeah. trades at a pretty high ratio. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, and and I agree, football and basketball have some room to grow, especially vintage. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know if you want me to get into the vintage versus ultra modern. But. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So. I also did these ratios on vintage versus ultra modern to see if I should go. And because let's be honest, I mean, let me grab these. You know, ultra modern is hard to not like, right? Oh, it shiny. is like, it is like a drug. I mean, that is such a good looking. Look at that. It's such a good looking card. They're beautiful. It, absolutely gorgeous, you know? And, and so I get the draw of, of ultra modern. It's really hard for me not to spend money on ultra modern cards. I, I just have to stare at the data to, to make myself not buy ultra modern. Mm -hmm. But the data is, is pretty powerful when it comes to the difference between vintage and ultramodern. And what I, what I think people need to realize is that there needs to be an understanding between what a modern, an ultramodern player's rookie card, 100th best rookie card trades at versus what an equivalent player in vintage of his caliber trades at. There has to be an understanding of, of the, of the um, those ratios just yeah. have to be pretty. And the ratios are way off. Mm -hmm. They got to be way off. I, I I mean, anecdotally, I know that's got to be way off. Man, it's pretty staggering. So I'll give yeah. you an example because it's so hard to find a 100th best rookie card of an ultra-modern card because there's 2,000, you know, Zion Williamson rookie cards. Right. How do you find 2019 a Zion Williamson rookie cards. stupid. So what I did is I, I chose Mbappe because his rookie cards in 2017, he's, he's the face of the ultra-modern mm -hmm. soccer mm -hmm. hobby. And he's, it's, it's doable to find his 100th best card and his 1,000th best card, which is what I did. When I say doable, it probably took me 10 hours. But I figured out, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do one guy and it's gonna give me an idea of where ultra-modern is trading at. Not just in soccer, but all sports have this mm -hmm. problem. In fact, it's probably worse than other sports. So Mbappe's, pardon me, Mbappe trades at a ratio of about, for his 100th best card, about a 25 ratio, which means it's $25,000 for his, for his 100th best card. And his 1300th best card trades at about a 60 ratio, which I know is getting a little bit complicated. but. The problem is in ultra modern is people can't figure out like they'll buy a one of 99 select Mbappe rookie in a PSA 10 of which there's only 10 graded of one, one of 99. And they're thinking that's gotta be like his hundredth best card. It's a PSA 10 out of 99 in select one of his best rookie cards. It turns out that card in a PSA 10 is about his 1300th best card, <laughs> which took me about 10 hours of data to find out. But people aren't thinking about that. Hey, one of 99 PSA 10, you don't think 1300th best rookie card. And when they find out that it is, if anybody ever is able to do all, put all this data out there, which would be pretty difficult, but if it ever gets out there, which I imagine at some point somebody's going to do this, I think Ultra Modern's going to have a huge problem. So to give you an example of where these ratios are from Mbappe, let's say it's 100th best rookie card, trades at about a 25. That's where Messi's 100th best rookie card is, which, and he's 2004. Messi is the greatest soccer player probably of all time. Mbappe has not won a Ballon d'Or, Messi has seven. This would be like comparing 
Luca and Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, in yeah. fact, Luca's probably done. It's a good know, comparison. I'd say Luca no and Mbappe. MVP to, you yeah, know, no a whole title. Bunch of MVPs well, he has a World Cup. Mbappe has a World Cup. Right. But um, yeah, it's probably pretty much Luca and Michael Jordan. It would have been Tatum if he had actually won the title this year, yeah. comparing him to LeBron. Yeah. That would have been the comparison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that. It makes that. no sense. Right. Yet, yet their hundredth rookie card is trading at almost the exact same. Yeah. That doesn't make sense at all. And I don't care if people. Well, but. You know, everybody knows Mbappe and not as many people know Messi. Or even if you take well, it back that's, to... And that's not even true. Let, let's I take mean, it back you know, to Pele, though. Sure. Pele trades at about the same as Messi okay. and Mbappe. So let's just use a little bit right. of common sense here. Pele trades at the same as Messi. Right. Okay, I can buy that. The great, great, right, greatest player of the century, you know. But, Pele, but Pele, Messi might be that for this century. Yeah, I mean, Pele was really, considered the greatest right. athlete of the century by, by Time Magazine right. of all, across all sports. Um, and Messi is probably the greatest player of our generation. Yeah. I can live with them trading at similar ratios. But Mbappe trading the right. exact same. Halan trades at like a quarter of Pele uh-huh. and a quarter of Messi. His chance of being, it's just, it doesn't make yeah. sense as far as ultra modern pricing. And I think long term people are going to figure this out. It might be a year from now, it might be five years from now. But I wouldn't want to be holding on to $100,000 worth of Messi cards. Well, I mean, and I think they're already Mbappe figuring cards. it out to a degree. I mean, you're, you've seen... Yeah, but it's got a long way to go. It, it I, I, yeah, probably does. These ratios yeah. I'm giving you are now. These ratios okay. were worse. A year ago. Yeah, because ultra-modern yeah. has fallen off more heavily yeah. than vintage over but the But I did this analysis year, a month ago. Yeah. If I had done it a year ago, he probably, I'd say Mbappe probably would have been trading it three times Messi. Yeah. Now he's back to Messi numbers. Right. But he should be a tenth of Messi. Yeah. And I hate to give that analysis to people because it's a little bit scary. But I think, unfortunately, ultra-modern has got a, still a long ways to go. And, and, then, and then the good news for the hobby is once it gets to that level, you know, wax prices will drop... And I think Fanatics is going to do a great job increasing the buyer pool. Yeah. And then the, the future will be bright. Yeah. But we got to get through this pain of yeah, ultra Yeah, you got you to get to a, base, a stable yeah. baseline. Yeah. And, and, then, and then it's going to yeah. be a, just a beautiful situation with Fanatics, yeah. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, Interesting days ahead. Not, not all good news, but, you know, there's a lot of data for you and you can make your own informed decisions. This has been fascinating. And, and, uh, and if you, by the way, if you're looking for real estate in the Los Angeles area. <laughs> yeah, that too. The, Call me. Luxury. The, the <laughs> luxury, real luxury real estate, please. <laughs> The, the amount of thought that Brett puts into card investing clearly uh, would make you confident in using this guy for your real estate investment here in Los Angeles as well. So I, I, I use this analysis with all of my investments and I do it for my clients' investments. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate well, it. Man. It's a pleasure, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah, fun. this is a lot of fun. Appreciate you uh, coming on the show and talking about all this. Good and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of interesting comments. So look forward to reading all of those. Appreciate it. Thanks for thanks, thanks for popping in. Thanks for crashing the party. Absolutely. Photo bombing is my thing. Awesome, guys. If you enjoyed it, please like and subscribe. And we'll uh, comment. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you back soon with our next episode. Take care.